Good morning, Boker Tov, and welcome back to our weekly 10 minutes of meaning. The opportunity to learn Mesila Sisharim, the great work of the Ramchal, helping us become the best version of ourselves and having the biggest impact in the world that we are meant to make, each of us uniquely, distinctly, based on who we are. I want to thank our generous sponsors this morning for the series of 10 minutes of Mini Chani and Lenny Grinstein in memory of her beloved father, Mr. Aaron Tambor. Aaron Ben Yitzchak, his neshama should have an aliyah. We have last been discussing Mesilis Hashem, we're on the parak of Nikias, the chapter of purging from ourselves those negative qualities, the qualities that bring us down, the qualities that corrupt us, that distract us, that prevent us from being the best version of ourselves and having the best relationships that we are meant to have. And among them we learned about how to conquer eating, how to conquer, not using profanity, how to conquer the feelings that we have towards others and the interpersonal relationships we share with them. And in that context, the Ramchal has been teaching us about the negative impact, the destructive impact of kinna, of envy, that envy and jealousy eat away at a person. Last, we talked about anger. Anger is the worst of all the negative qualities. Anger is a pure emotion that has nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. But just next to it, just below it, is envy. Because envy, it corrodes us, it eats out at us, it makes us um, consumed by what others have, a sense of jealousy. Why do they have it and not me? I want it so badly. Not that I want it in addition to them. An envy which motivates, which inspires, which makes us ambitious and aspirational, that's not a negative envy. That's inspiring ourselves. But the envy that says, why do you have it? I deserve it. I want it instead of you. That is the envy which is negative. And now the Ramchal, of Moshe Chaim Lutato, contrasts our mere mortal human beings, our attitude, with that of the angels. The angels are different. The angels in heaven, what are angels? Angels are the manifestation of God here on earth. Angels are when God says, I have an act to carry out. My will needs to be executed upon. He creates angels which are his ambassadors, his emissaries, and they are the will of God as expressed here on earth to us and to the world at large. These angels, which are the extension or manifestation of God, they're all thrilled with their work, with their mission. Everyone knows why it's here and what it's meant to do. No angel is jealous of the other angel because they have absolute clarity on their mission, on their purpose, on why they are here, on what they're meant to do. Each of them knows the truth in its most pristine form. And they rejoice over the good that they possess. They're happy with what they have and who they are meant to be. In fact, if you study the sitter snippets with us, we try uh, every day, most days, six-minute sitter snippet. We began at Moda'ani, the very beginning of the sitter, and we're up to the brachas of Shema. We have uh, over 215 sitter snippets that are available online, or you could sign up for our WhatsApp group. And most recently, we were learning the sentence, Kulam ahuvim, kulam berurim, kulam giborim. In the morning prayer, we say, preceding the recitation of the Shema, we're describing the angels and how the angels praise and glorify God. And we describe them as kulam ahuvim, the angels all love one another, and kulam birurim, and they all have clarity on their mission, and kulam giborim, they all are disciplined. They know what they have to do, what they're meant to do, and they go do it. They're not distracted, they're not lazy, they don't procrastinate, they're not envious of someone else's mission. And that, of course, is a model for us. We're meant to emulate the kulam ahuvim. If you really understand that I have a mission, 
that who I am, my, my genetics, my DNA, my background, my personality, my skills, my talents, even my liabilities and my struggles, they all form a unique me. I am distinct and distinguished. There's nobody like me in the world. And therefore, there's something I was placed here to do. So, kula mahuvim. We can all love one another because I'm not meant to do your mission and you're not meant to do mine. We're not in competition with one another. One success doesn't mean the other's failure. It's not a win-lose proposition. It's a win-win. We're each here to fulfill our mission. We're each here to pursue our unique purpose. And we are all tahor, we're all pure in our, in our goal, in our mission, in the resolutions we must make to achieve them. And we have clarity. It's not clouded by any external motivation. It's not clouded by anything else. It's simply, I'm here for something, I need to do it. And Kulam Giborim, we know what a Gibor is. Ezo Gibor, Hakovesh is Yitzro. A Gibor is the one who conquers their temptation, their desire. The Gibor is the one who can stay focused, who can get it done, who knows what they need to do and they go do it. And so here, the Ramchal is comparing us to angels. Angels are a wonderful model for us to emulate and to not be jealous or envious of one another, but to realize if we focus on who we are and why we're here and what we're meant to do, then we can achieve it in a way that gives us the greatest fulfillment and the greatest satisfaction without needing to be envious of anyone else. And know that a companion, the sister of envy, you know what's similar to envy? Desire and lust. When you long, when you desire, when you want that food you shouldn't eat, or to look at the thing you shouldn't gaze at, or to act out in the way that you shouldn't be acting out at. That chemda, that taiva, that desire, that longing, that want, so it wears a person's heart down until the day they die. People who walk around, Freud was not entirely wrong. That component of man, of humanity, and whether it expresses itself in Freud's expression of the id, in the area of sexuality, or any other temptation, desire, or lust that people have. Some shop, some want the latest car, more money, some are workaholics, some are addicted to exercise. Which of all the addictions is not the worst in the world? But if it compromises time with family, mental health, then it's also negative. There are all kinds of longing, lust, addictions, things we are drawn to that we can't ever get enough of, that we can't get out of our mind, that clouds our judgment. And it consumes us, says the Ramchal, until the day we die. As our rabbis taught in the Medrash, No one fulfills even half their desires before they die. Nobody dies and says, you know, I have everything I want. Most people say, I had most. Now again, I don't mean that nobody's capable of reflecting back on their life and say, I led a pretty good life. I was pretty happy. I got done most of the things I want to get done. I experienced most of the pleasures I wanted to have. But And that's a good thing. We were designed to be ambitious. We were designed to want to conquer the world. If we were satisfied easily, we'd sit on our couch when we just had the next meal secured. And what kind of life would that be? Who would we be? What would we discover? And how do we innovate? And what would we invent and create? And how would we conquer the world? That drive in us that wants more and more and more, in many ways, is a good thing. It's responsible for so much progress and advance in the world. However, it can also have very negative implications. The essence of lust branches off in two ways. For many people, that insatiable appetite or desire within them is for one, money. Money makes the world go round. People want money. They want more money. With more money, the more things they can have, the more happiness they think they'll have, even though they don't correlate in any study and in any research. There are a lot of people with a whole lot of money who have a whole lot of unhappiness. 
It doesn't mean that money can't solve a lot of problems. It doesn't mean money can't bring a lot of pleasure. But money is not the secret, the answer, the key to happiness. Just look at a world of celebrities and athletes and billionaires who become addicted to drugs, who have to numb themselves to how unhappy they are despite all they have. So the first lust or temptation that so many are driven by, that is an insatiable appetite, it's never satisfied, is money. And the second is the pursuit of honor, of glory. And the combine the two, it's a lethal combination. The people who have this insatiable need for honor, an insatiable need for money, and the combination of the two can be lethal to one's judgment, mental health, well-being, happiness. The desire for money, it imprisons a person in this world. You're, you're unshackled. Why? Because all you do is think about the next way to make a buck. All you do is think about work and more work and more entrepreneurship and more ability to get more things. One who loves money will never be satisfied with money. Now our rabbis interpreted that pasuk, a verse in Kohelis, to mean oiv Torah leizba Torah. Having an insatiable appetite is not a bad thing. But what is the insatiable appetite for? Is it an insatiable appetite for goodness, for kindness? An insatiable appetite for Torah, for spirituality? That will motivate and push you in a wonderful way. So the fact that there is this insatiable appetite within us can be something worth embracing, can be something that is wonderful. The question is, how do we channel it and how do we direct it? If it's for money, or if kesef li is bekesef, if you love money and you can never, ever get enough money, it's not going to go well in your life. But if you love spirituality, a relationship with Hashem, loving kindness, your family, and that's the insatiable appetite, then that can yield a very satisfying and a very beautiful life. It distracts a person from serving God. How often is your mind wondering why you're supposed to be praying towards your next business deal, towards money, towards the thing that you want, the thing that you're trying to have enough money to buy, towards competing with your, with your competitors? So we have an inability to concentrate or be mindful or present with anything we're doing because we always want more and more and more. Our rabbi said, the, the verse says, it's not across the sea. What does that mean? For those who are constantly traveling, who can never say, I have enough. I have enough. I'm ambitious. I'm driven. But there are other priorities and other values and I have to have balance in my life. I have to have white life-work balance. For the people who can't find that balance and it's work, 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 things, 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 money, money, money all the time, what have they given up in the process? What have they forfeited? What have they lost? Not everybody who does business, not everybody who accumulates and amasses more and more and more gets wiser from it. Some, in fact, become more foolish. Some, in fact, lose out. And so right next to anger is jealousy and the corollary of jealousy is lust and desire. And what this parak, what the Ramchal is encouraging us is a life of mindfulness. If we're very self-aware, if we're present in our thoughts, what's healthy and unhealthy, what we should allow in and what we can lock out, how it expresses itself in this world, then we can live very fulfilling, satisfying lives. And if we don't, then these qualities, they're going to corrode, they're going to corrupt, they're going to cloud our judgment in ways that will compromise our very health and our very happiness. Wishing everyone a great day. Stay healthy, stay happy, stay holy. 8.45, 20 minutes, we're back with Living with Emuna, and tonight at 9 p.m., very excited to welcome Ben Brafman behind the Bima, a, a very, very famous and well-known uh, defense attorney. Going to go behind the Bima with him, very excited, hope to see you there. Until then, have a great day.